So hey guys, we're back with another one. And uh, today we have an amazing guest, um, Norman Wayne Brown. We're going to be talking about his new book, uh, Bad Blood, The Violence, uh, excuse me, The Violent Lives of John Wesley Harden, His Brothers and Associates. Before we do so, we want to say thank you to uh, Tombstone Epitaph, Arizona's longest running newspaper. You can find the Tombstone Epitaph at tombstoneepitaph.com. Also, the folks over at uh, the Wild West History Association can be found at wildwesthistory.org. You can find them everywhere on uh, social media, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, They're uh, they're everywhere. And their website at wildwesthistory.org. I urge you to join and get the journal. And we hope to see you at Roundup 2023 in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, today's guest is Norman Wayne Brown. He's written a book, like I said, you can find it on, on Amazon and booksellers near you. The book is called uh, Bad Blood, The Violent Lives of John Wesley Harden, His Brothers and Associates. Um, he has an amazing background. Uh, Norman Wayne Brown is a retired Air Force disabled veteran and a retired Texas State Patrol officer. He has a master's degree in criminal justice management. He writes about the Wild West. Um, with eight books and many magazine articles. Some of his books are Manhunter in Indian County, Deputy U.S. Marshal George Redmond, Tucker, excuse me, George Redmond Tucker, Early Settlers of the Panhandle Plains, A Lawless Breed, John Wesley Harden, Texas Reconstruction and the Violence in the Wild West, uh, Shepherd Air Force Base, Watering the Drags, Texas Ranger John M. Elkins and others, including uh, a book called Texas Ranger, Big Ed Connell. Um, thank you, sir. Thank you for your service. We appreciate you a bunch. You've, thank you. you. You've got an amazing background. Um, tell us about how you got into Western history and becoming a writer. Okay, it all started uh, when I attended a peace officer's uh, annual meeting in a small a uh, ghost town called Claremont, Texas. Uh, I found out that's where John Wesley Harden's brother, Jeff Harden, was killed in a gunfight in 1901. He was also killed in a saloon, just like John Wesley Harden was. And uh, that was one thing that I was interested in, and I was uh, researching uh, the Harden family. And uh, my wife had a cousin named Clancy Carlisle, and uh, he uh, was a writer, and he wrote Children of the Dust, which was made into a miniseries with Sidney Poitier as the bounty hunter. Uh, He wrote uh, Honky Tonk Man for Clint Eastwood for that movie, and... uh, I told my wife if he could write, I thought I could also. So my first article uh, was sent to True West magazine, and uh, luckily they published it, which surprised me. Uh, I had a friend told me that he'd been trying for five years and never made it. He couldn't understand why I did. <laughs> I said, well, it's the luck of the draw. And then, of course, I wrote an article on Jeff Harden about his gunfight, 1901 and uh, family uh, tradition 
a relative told me that uh, John Wesley Hardin's brother Jeff uh, killed a man on Enos Creek, uh, which was in uh, that southern part of that county, and that he was treated in uh, Scurry County at Snyder. And uh, he died on a Sunday. And I put that in my article, and then I found out later, I found a letter to the editor from the gentleman thanking the doctor and the people in the town for the great uh, treatment he had received for his head lung. He did not die, as they stated. He lived to an old age and died in bed. So I had to write another article and apologize for, <laughs> for reporting erroneous information. So I found out right then that you have to be very careful with your research. Uh, you can't believe everything you read or everything you hear. So anyway, uh, I uh, always uh, question uh, about his brother, uh, John Wesley Harden, brother Chip, who supposedly died at, in C, uh, at C, uh taking horses to France during World War One, And, of course, I found out that uh, he died at a place called Hog Island in Pennsylvania. And uh, I wrote an article about that, and it's also in the book. Uh, so I was lucky that I found uh, the truth about what happened to Jip Harden. And the problem that I find with the Hardens is... John Wesley Harden's father was James Gibson Harden, and that's G-I-B-S-O-N. And, of course, uh, Jip's name was James Barnett Harden. And when his father died, the Reverend, he changed his middle name from Barnett to Gibson, G-I-B-S-O-N. Then he developed the nickname of Jip so now everyone has decided that everyone's middle name is G-I-P-S-O-N instead of G-I-B-S-O-N. Hmm. And I've been trying to get that corrected on all the uh, websites. But there's so many and people uh, just insist on it being G-I-P-S-O-N. And uh, that's just more erroneous history that's just reported. Wow. So my goal is, part of my goal is always to, to try to do good research and try to correct history. Hmm. Uh, when it comes to John Wesley Harden and his death in El Paso, uh, everyone wants to believe or has in the past that John Wesley Harden was shot in the back of the head. What happened was John Selman said, that the reason he went for a headshot was because he heard that John Wesley Harden was wearing a, uh, a metal vest. Well, he didn't wear that on his back. He put it on the front. And yes, he was going for a headshot. And he would have shot him in the back of the head, but I believe that John Wesley Harden turned his head to the left when he heard Selman cock his pistol and the bullet went into the left eye Ooh. not the back of the head now the prosecuting attorney had 
John Selman charged with murder. To do that, he needed a headshot in the back of the head. He wanted his body turned. So the examiner went and wrote and stated that he was shot in the back of the head. Uh, a reporter and a photographer named Bunge, uh, two days later, he went and examined the body and he took a photograph mm -hmm. and he wrote on the back of the photograph where the bullets entered and he stated that the bullet in the face entered below the left eye. Mm. Now, when you take a forty-five pistol with a lead bullet and you shoot someone in the head, it goes through the skull, it expands, flattens out, and then when it exits, exits out the other side, it expands even more. Had he been shot in the back of the head, that bullet would have taken half of his face off. Right. And uh, I speak from experience on that. I have seen the bodies that have been shot in the head. Mm -hmm. so, so I know from experience. And then I have written uh, numerous articles stating that John Wesley Harden was shot in the face not behind the back of the head. When he uh, turned his head towards John Selman, he also reached back for his pistol in his hip pocket. Uh, I recently read, and I haven't written about it yet, where someone said that his pistol hung up in his pocket and he couldn't get it out. Uh, he might have had a chance, but I doubt it. Uh, because Selman already had his pistol drawn and ready to fire. Hmm. But because anyway, I, that's, I had uh, seen a photo though. I think there's a photo out there of John Wesley Harden, and it shows yeah. him from the face. And as you stated, the photo—if he'd have been shot in the back of the head, the whole front of his frontal lobe would have been taken out. And uh -huh. yet he shows his face in his death photo. Yeah, we have that photograph on front and back with the wording uh, in the book. Wow. Now, John's father was a circuit preacher? Uh, yes, he was uh, both circuit and and had, had a church. Uh, uh, one reverend, I'd have to look up his name, I knew him well. He was another minister, and he said... Uh, when it came to Reverend Hardin's uh, sermons, uh, speaking of fire and rimstone, he was just lukewarm, <laughs> whatever that means. Well, he was still but, getting yeah, the message he, across, but the, he, uh, but the boys he, grew up with a, a Christian background. Oh, yeah. Well, see, uh, Reverend Hardin, uh, before he died, a few years before he died, he... Uh, moved to Red River County, and uh, he wrote a, a rare letter that was recently found. It's in the book. Uh, a letter was written to Joe Harden's widow. Now, Joe Joseph Harden was hanged in Comanche in 1874 after John Wesley Harden shot 
uh, and killed, uh, allegedly uh, shot and killed uh, Charlie Webb. And uh, her name was Bell, uh, Bell Harden. Hmm. And uh, Reverend Harden wrote her a letter uh, stating that he had been uh, on jury duty in Bonham and that his uh, mule had died of a blind, blind staggers. And he gave her directions to his home in Red River County uh, and wanted her to come visit. And he died there, and no one knows where he's buried. So I would believe that he is buried on that farm wherever he was living up in uh, Red River County. Wow. Now, but, uh, John, John led an amazing but short life, and we've spoken a pre-interview about the fact that he claimed to have killed 40-plus men, 42 men. Was that true? No. Uh, we don't know, and no one ever know exactly how many he killed. Uh, Chuck and I, Chuck Parsons and I, could only account for about a max of two dozen. Uh, when he rode into town and shot somebody, then he fled the scene, and he didn't know if the person died or not. And in many cases, they didn't, or in many cases, it didn't happen. Uh, some of the things he said was just absolutely false. Uh, he embezzled the truth quite a bit uh, in his uh, autobiography. Uh, two dozen would be probably about that because... Uh, see, most of his killings was just a young man between age what, 15 or 16 to age 21, 22. Uh, one editor stated that uh, after he was, uh, after he left uh, Texas and went to Florida, that that was the end of his killing, but it wasn't. Uh, when he was in Florida, he uh, killed two detectives. Uh, he claimed they were Pinkerton agents, but they weren't. They were detectives, detectives working out of Texas. He also helped uh, kill a black man who was in jail, and uh, they set the jail on fire, burned him down. And uh, the coroner said that uh, the man was playing with matches and uh, <laughs> suicide. Wow. So, and then that leads me to when John West Harden was killed, you know, Corner uh, is not always honest. Mm -hmm. That showed a little proof of that. <laughs> wow. But anyway, he, uh, he, we don't know exactly how many he killed in Florida, but we know that he killed about, probably about three. Or he assisted in one and was responsible for directly killing two detectives. Mm. And then, of course, he was captured in Pensacola uh, by... Texas Ranger Armstrong, and uh, he had some help from law enforcement and the railroad uh, manager at uh, Pensacola. And, of course, we put that in the book. And also uh, a couple of photographs, uh, one of the downtown area of Pensacola during that time uh, where John Wilson Harden was gambling uh, frequently, and uh, one of the uh, railroad depot. Uh, where he was, you know, getting on and off uh, the trains and then a photograph of the train with passenger cars 
that was probably very similar or could have been the train that he was on when he was captured. Hmm. Well, if you're wondering who we're speaking to, uh, we're talking to Norman Wayne Brown. Uh, along with Chuck Parsons, they've written a book called Bad Blood, The Violent Lives of John Wesley Harden, His Brothers and Associates. It's available uh, at Amazon. Is one of the best places, especially if you're listening uh, overseas in the UK, or Ireland, or Australia. Uh, shipping is next to nothing. So we urge you to go to Amazon because you're going to want to get this book. The book title, obviously we know about John Wesley Harden, but you mentioned his brothers and associates. What kind of violence and trouble were his brothers into? Okay, well, you take Joe. Uh, he was uh, uh, what we would determine in modern day as a white-collar criminal. Uh, he uh, made land deals that uh, was crooked. Uh, he, he bought and sold cattle that he didn't own, hmm. uh, fabricated a lot. He had... Uh, uh, he falsified a lot of records, and of course he was an attorney, and but he was uh, bad blood, <laughs> and of course uh, he was hanged. Uh, erroneously, he had nothing to do with the killing of uh, Charles Webb. Uh, Charles Webb had arrested uh, and killed some of John Wesley Harden's gang, and. Uh, so they think he was lured uh, from, uh, had a horse race uh, set up, and uh, they think that Charles Webb went there for the horse race, but then he also had a warrant uh, for one of the gang members, and it's alleged that he went there to Comanche to arrest one of the gang members, and John Wesley Harden asked him if he had a warrant for him, and he told him no, and... Uh, they got into it, and John Wesley Harden uh, was supposedly shot by uh, Webb on the left side, and then, of course, uh, three or four uh, men shot Webb, and there's no proof that John Wesley Harden actually killed him. It could have been one of his cousins uh, or another individual who was there, I can't think of his name right offhand, but it, it's in the book. Uh, when he was tried uh, in Comanche for killing Webb, he uh, was not allowed to testify. Mm. And he was sentenced to 25 years, and uh, he was given a pardon after, I think, 15 or 16 years. Uh, and then, of course, he... Uh, was an attorney. He studied the law while he was locked up in prison and uh, and then wound up in El Paso as an attorney. And he had a uh, half-owner of the Wigwam Saloon. Uh, I don't know if it was that saloon was active or making any money. There's very little history about it. But anyway, uh, that was Joe. Joe was hanged uh, had one son that uh, died at age eight or nine and uh, and had uh, a couple of daughters. And then he had, uh, uh, John Wiesard had a brother, uh, James, 
uh, and that was Chip, and he did not die at sea. It's always been written that he died at sea during World War One, taking cattle to France, taking horses, I'm sorry, taking horses to France. But what happened was uh, someone contacted me and gave me a death certificate on James Gibson Harden. Uh, he was run over by a train in uh, Hog Island, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Wow. And he is buried there. And he had two daughters. And there are photographs in the book of the daughters and of him and of the Hog Island uh, shipbuilding location. And uh, his one daughter moved to El Paso, and she was also run over by a train. What? So that was something. So then uh, Jeff came along, and he wanted to be like his big brother, John Wesley Hart. He wanted to be a bad guy. Mm -hmm. So he copied him on everything, Uh, and he even uh, robbed a gambling table which was uh, one of uh, John Wesley's favorite things. And he was arrested for it. And uh, he was uh, going back to Colorado City in Mitchell County uh, by train. And uh, I learned that if you rode the train in 1881, 1882, during that time frame, you were not allowed to carry a weapon on the train. Hmm. Five guys assaulted Jeff, beat him up pretty bad. And when he got off the train, he told the sheriff if he'd had his rifle, he'd have killed all five of them. Well, he goes back up to Claremont and he's uh, raising horses and he's working as a range detective which was called a scalper back then. And if he uh, caught a thief, a cattle thief, he would get $50. Mm. Well, he uh, saw this fellow on the creek, and uh, he told his cousin, John Snowden, he said, that man there is a cattle thief. And Snowden said, well, no, I don't see any cattle. He said, no, he's a cattle thief. I'm going to shoot him, collect $50. Hmm. So he shot shot the man in the face. Wow. He was still breathing. So they went and got a wagon, put him in the wagon, and took him to Snyder, which was about 15, 20 miles south of where they were. And uh, it was put under the care of a doctor, Dr. Ellis, and uh, one of the family members, descendants, told me that he knew all about that and that that man did not survive that head wound. He was he died from it, died the following day on Sunday. So I wrote an article to that effect. And then I found a uh, letter to the editor and it happened to be from that gentleman. And he wanted to thank the doctor and everyone for the fine treatment he received for his head wound. Wow. He died of old age in his bed. Mm. <laughs> so I had to write another article uh, to correct it. <laughs> but anyway, that's uh, 
uh, Jeff wound up uh, being charged for attempted murder. Mm -hmm. And he told his cousin, John Wesley, John, uh, John Snowden, that he wanted him to lie for him and say that the man was was armed. And he says, I won't lie for you or anyone else. He said, well, you're my cousin. He said, I don't care who you are. I'm not going to lie for, to you or for you. Excuse me. Uh, John Stoughton had a half-brother uh, much younger than him. And he was in the VA hospital at Big Spring, Texas. And he was interviewed by a journalist on tape. And uh, someone provided a copy of that tape for me. Uh, someone who had bought one of my books, I believe. I don't remember who it was. But anyway, it was an interview with that uh, younger brother, and he told about what happened uh, in the gunfight and what led up to it. And he said that uh, he kept, John, uh, Jeff Harden kept harassing uh, Snowden to lie for him to where he wouldn't get convicted for attempted murder. Well, he wouldn't do it. They got into arguments frequently. And, of course, Jeff Harden had a little saloon uh, that was, uh, he had taken a tack room in his table and turned it into a little saloon. And I have also a photograph of that stable uh, in the book. But anyway, uh, one night uh, he sent someone uh, to Snowden requesting that he come to the saloon. Uh, Snowden suspected something was wrong, so he uh, drew his pistol and put it down by his leg, and he had a lantern, lantern, lantern lit uh, in his left hand uh, to where he could see, and it was very dark. He went to the saloon, and he went through the door, and he had the lantern in his left hand and the pistol in his right hand, and he said that he saw a pistol pointed at him from Jeff and said, I'm going to kill you. He threw the lantern at him and then raised his pistol and shot four times. And Jeff received uh, one bullet through the heart and two through the legs and died on the scene. Hmm. Uh, John Snowden was never prosecuted for that. He uh, wound up leaving the country and going to Colorado and working in the gold mines. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, I've seen the book. It's a long story about about him. He wound up uh, living and dying in Florida. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was funny that Jeff was killed basically the same way that his brother was. Mm -hmm. He lived lived like him and died like him. And. Mm -hmm. uh, that is, uh, there's two or three uh, chapters, uh, two chapters, I believe, written about that. And, of course, another thing in the book is uh, uh, there was a, a group of uh, daughters of the Confederacy, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, put a marker on Charles Webb's uh, grave site that he served in the Civil War. Uh, it was believed by many that he... Uh, was in Quantrill, Quantrill's Raiders. It's not true. There was a Charlie, a Charlie Webb 
that was in the Raiders, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. This Charlie Webb. Wow. This Charlie Webb, I learned, was born and raised in Kentucky. And his grandfather was a Methodist preacher, and he was killed by the son of a Baptist preacher. <laughs> so anyway, uh, he was uh, raised, and he didn't leave Kentucky until he was 21 or 22 years old in 1871 or 72. And then he went to, I don't know why he went to Texas. He might have gotten in trouble. But he wound up in Texas in Brown County and uh, became a lieutenant in the Texas Rangers, in the Frontier Rangers, under uh, James Connell or Connell. And uh, that only lasted for three months. The state didn't have any money to pay him. Mm-hmm. So after three months, they uh, they were out of a job, and then he was hired as a deputy uh, sheriff of Brown County. And that's when he started going after John Wesley Harden and his gang. And that led to his demise. If, if you could... Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. And then, uh, uh, the other thing is... Uh, what I did when I wanted to do this book, uh, John Wesley Harden and his violent lives of him and his brothers, of course, they all died with their boots on, all of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I looked at it and I had uh, all of these articles that I had written uh, for various publications and some of them had not been published. And I thought this would make a great trilogy. So uh, that's what I did. I turn these into chapters on these stories. Each chapter is a story or an article, you could say. Chuck says, you don't say story, that that makes it fiction. Mm. (laughs) So anyway, uh, I got with Chuck and I told him what my idea was. And he uh, added uh, an equal amount of stories that he had written. And uh, that's how we came up with the idea for the book, and we got with Billy Huckabee, who is the uh, publisher of uh, Aiken Press, or Aiken Press, E-A-K-I-N. I call it Aiken Press. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was impressed with it, which surprised me. He said, Norman, uh, he said, I've driven through Claremont many times, and I never knew that John Wesley Hardin's brother was killed in a gunfight there. <laughs> I said, well, you know, there's a lot of history out in West Texas. There is a lot of history. I'm reading a book now about from John Bosnecker about Frank Hamer. Um, oh, yeah. That's really a great book. <clears throat> amazing. And, and I have a podcast interview coming up with uh, Sam Dolan, a young writer, about the line writers uh, during Prohibition um, in Texas and the border wars with alcohol and, and, um, crazy how much history is in texas they think you know i live in arizona but they're thinking there's a lot here but there's a lot in texas really fascinating um we're talking to we're talking to norman wayne brown um he's got a new book out that you're going to want to get on amazon it's called bad blood the violent lives of john wesley harden his brothers and associates you can find it at amazon if um I asked this question to uh, Dr. Gary Roberts about, you know, he's written a book about Doc Holliday. Uh, 
Um, if you could take a time machine and go back and meet John Wesley Harden, sit down with him at a park bench and ask him a question, do, do you know what that question would be? Hmm. Yeah. How many people have you really killed? Oh. <laughs> That that's I think that's the most important question that everyone has about John Wesley Harden is how many people did he really kill? And I don't think we'll ever know. And it would be uh interesting if we could ask him, you know, if we knew. But well, there's no way we can find out. It's just a another thing. You always uh think your uh your research has been complete. And then when you write it and you submit it for publication, uh, you wish you'd have waited two or three months longer because you find additional information. Just like John Wesley Harden when he uh, was killed and uh, they they mentioned his uh, uh, his bullet wounds, his current ones, but they didn't mention his scars. Uh, he had five different bullet wounds in his body uh, besides the, the fresh ones. Uh, one was a large knife cut to his left side, which I think what happened was when Charles Webb shot him in the left side and he fled, he had someone to remove that bullet and they used a knife and they did a pretty bad job of it because it was uh, stated that it was a very large scar. Mm. So, you know, you always uh, find additional information and that's like a, uh, one individual, you know, I talked about, well, there's a lot of history in Texas, but to have an individual, he was a Texas Ranger. Uh, he was the youngest Texas Ranger, uh, in history. And, uh, after he quit the, uh, the Texas Rangers, he became the first constable of Amarillo, Texas. Hmm. And from Amarillo, Texas, he went to Arizona. He went to, uh, Tombstone. And, uh, he, became a uh, lawman there and uh, had quite an interesting history. Uh, so, you know, you know, it's not all that. They may be from Texas, a lot of them, but you find out that uh, the history is just everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Are and, you, uh, it's um, like, uh, it's like uh, I, had, I had a great-grandfather, uh, and uh, he was talking to his grandson, and he said, uh, Grandpa, why did you go to Texas when you were a young man? He said, son, that's where everybody went when they were in trouble. <laughs> so we had a lot of people from various states in Texas back then. Wow. Are, are you in, uh, are you working on a new book? Do you have anything out there that's uh, coming up? I'm working on about four or five different projects. I'm, uh, writing one about, Growing up in Alabama and, uh, my history of my Air Force career and, uh, working for parole, state parole. I, uh, interviewed 33 death row inmates for the governor to mm-hmm. make, uh, where he could make a decision on whether he was going to wow. commute their sentence to life or uphold the death penalty. Mm-hmm. And, uh, all of them, uh, he upheld the death penalty on all of them, but, of course, one of them died with a heart attack. He didn't. Uh, he didn't get executed. So wow. it's thirty-two. But uh, of the thirty-three I interviewed, are long gone. Gotcha. 
uh, that was a very stressful situation to have to do that. So I, bet. I trans- transferred to West Texas to inspect uh, inspect private prisons. Wow. And uh, then I transferred to the field and was field officer until I retired. I worked for him for a little over 17 years wow. and 28 years in the military. So, and of course, I'm wore out now. I'm 100% disabled, but I can get around a little bit. Gotcha. Well, we're talking to, to Norman Wayne Brown. Uh, like you said, you can find his book. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You can find his book called Bad Blood. I've been taking lots of notes if you've been listening. Uh, the Violent Lives of John Wesley Harden, His Brothers and Associates. You can find it at booksellers and Amazon near you. Uh, I want to thank my friends over at the Tombstone Epitaph, Arizona's longest-running newspaper. I urge you to subscribe by going to tombstoneepitaph.com. Of course, my friends and second family at the Wild West History Association at wildwesthistory.org. You can find also the Wild West History Association on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, their website, wildwesthistory.org. They're they're everywhere, bringing Western history right to your door. Uh, As always... uh, I appreciate you guys a bunch. Uh, if you can want, if you want to, you can find this podcast on iTunes and Spotify, iHeartRadio, or any app out there. Please, uh, if you do so, subscribe, give a rating and a review. That helps with distribution. And you can also find this podcast as long as, as well as almost all of my Western history podcasts on my YouTube page at Cochise County underscore travel. Please uh, hit that subscribe button and the bell. Leave a comment. Listen. Uh, I, I put the podcast, their audio-only podcasts, out there for folks who uh, sometimes older folks don't really know how to use an app, but they 100% know how to use YouTube. So definitely let some folks know that uh, if they're looking for some Western history podcasts about the researcher, the writer, the historian, check me out. Check out my page at Cochise County underscore travels on YouTube. Until next time, safe travels, and we'll see you soon.